following podcast has adult themes and some strong language. Are you sick of politicians telling us how to vote because what they're going to do for us? Then they lie. Me too. It's hard to believe, though, that it's been less than 100 years since women have the right to vote in the UK, America and Europe. Not that all men could. I'm just saying that but for the prestigious view in law, which has since been hotly contested, that women did not. In Britain, the leader of the suffrage movement, suffrage, which means simply the right to vote, was a lady called Emmeline Pankhurst. Born in Manchester in 1958, Pankhurst was introduced to the movement at the age of 14. At the age of 21, she married a barrister 24 years older than her, who was known to support women's rights. Within five years of the death of her husband, she founded the Women's Social and Political Union, an all-women's suffrage advocacy organisation dedicated to deeds, not words. At the time, the media had lost interest in suffrage. The union became known more for physical confrontations, where its members smashed windows and took to assaulting police officers. Pankhurst, her daughters and other WSPU activists received repeated prison sentences, where they staged hunger strikes to secure better conditions. As Pankhurst's elder daughter Christabel took leadership of the WSPU, the antagonism between the group and the government grew. However, with the outbreak of World War I, Pankhurst pushed for all action to stop and the men to join the military. Finally, in 1918, women over 30 were given the right to vote. After an illness in 1928, Pankhurst died. Only shortly afterwards, women were given the same rights of men to vote at the age of 21. Although her methods have been hotly debated since those times, it is understood that but for her actions, then the movement would not have gained attention. It was, however, for the feminist movement that Pankhurst would be remembered. She refused to be a docile wife and mother. She fought hard for what she believed in. The New York Herald Tribune called her the most remarkable political and social agitator of the early part of the 20th century and the supreme protagonist of the campaign for the electoral enfranchisement of women. It's wonderful after all these years, women are now considered equal to men in every way possible, aren't they? My name is Jessica J. Garner and this is my life. And welcome to episode 5 of my podcast And this week it's the battle of the sexes Who are better, men or women? Well, I am slightly biased Before I continue, I appreciate there are more than two genders And so when I talk about men and women, it's a shorthand I mean people who consider themselves a man or a woman You may not consider yourself either Also, I'm a hetero-female, so some of this will be from my specific viewpoint I will continue We must be honest, men and women are different breeds. Our brains are wired differently. We are told men are from Mars and women are from Venus, whatever that means. Apparently, men like to work on their own and to exercise their ability to solve problems and women like to work cooperatively. Also, when men are facing tough problems, they become communicative when women talk more. Does this remind you of anyone you know? Yes, it's a mixture of a lot of people, male or female. Bear in mind, though, the book by John Gray sold 15 million copies. 15 million. 
and seriously consider writing a book. People, men and women are sometimes different and sometimes are not even either. Get over it. I have asked around for this subject. My father was perfect. However, the men I have dated in my life have been far from it. Not that they've all been bad. Also, I'm not even pretending I am perfect. I asked my friends a while ago about this. My friend Izzy says her partner Jason James never bloody listens. She said you can have a whole conversation with him and ten minutes later he will have no knowledge of it. Ask him the football results from three years ago and he will know it straight away. Izzy likes football also, just not in that detail. Our friend Ems has a theory that as you get older, your brain cannot take in any new information. So when you learn something new, you'll forget something. That's why Jason James doesn't take any new information in. He needs to know it all for football. Izzy said it could be that or he can't be fucked. Of course, Izzy uses it to her advantage. If there's something she doesn't want to tell him, she will just claim she did. And he wasn't bloody listening as usual. I asked Jason James what annoyed him about Izzy. He replied, nothing does. He cannot believe his luck, which is the right answer. When I asked again, he said she was too attractive and gets lots of attention. I pointed out that happened to both of them, and he liked that. He finally admitted that she would talk while he was watching TV, especially football. Izzy is a talker, so I get that. However, that's not an exciting comparison, so I spoke to Ems, who's been married twice, now to Simon. She said that Simon was sweet, in fact, super sweet. This is a problem for her because she would like him to take control sometimes. I know what you're thinking, and behave. She meant in all areas. Sometimes she doesn't want to make all the decisions. He probably thinks his indecision is making her life easier, but it makes her second-guess herself. When I asked Simon, he said she nags. Simon is not as smart as Jason James. So I learnt nothing. Again. Albert Einstein said, Men marry women with the hope they will never change. Women marry men with the hope they will change. Invariably, they are both disappointed. I have a suspicion this is true. In March 2016, The Telegraph produced an article, Seven Things Women Are Better At Than Men. This includes multitasking, job interviews, driving, empathising, running successful businesses, coding and not being ill. Multitasking, yes. I was typing this while sucking a mint. In job interviews, women handle the stress of interrogation better and handle stress better. Driving, men tailgate more than women. Empathising, who dissolved. Running successful businesses. Having women on the board make companies more successful. Could you imagine what would happen then if we had more women running companies? Coding. A 2013 study on behaviour of developers at GitHub, one of the largest software communities in the world, found that code written by female developers was favoured by other techies. But, and here's the best bit, only if they didn't know it was the work of a woman. Being ill. A study in 2013 by the Department of Microbiology and Immunology at Stanford University found that high testosterone in men was responsible for a worse response to flu vaccinations, meaning they are more susceptible to illness and they're wimps. I might have made up that last part. 
I say this in all seriousness, but to find articles suggesting men are better than women at certain things is harder to find. There are obvious ones, like generally men are physically stronger than women. They are on average taller. The average height for a man in Britain is 5 foot 10 and a woman 5 foot 4.75. Whether that is better is debatable. Studies have shown that men have stronger pain threshold for sudden acute pain. I finally found a similar but even more dated article as the woman one in the Telegraph from 2015. So here's the list. Men are better at drinking, going bald, getting ready, which is debunked immediately in the article, going to the toilet, standing up, shopping, getting to the end of the road without being ogled, and finally ageing. I will jump straight to ageing. It's true. Apparently the collagen in men's skin is better than females. Plus, who doesn't love a silver fox? The others are not that great. Although I have to say, serves them right for being bastards and not caring. That's my tongue in my cheek. Alan Turing was born in London on the 23rd of June 1912 into an upper middle class family. Growing up, he had an extraordinary interest in science, much to the distaste of people around him, who felt it wasn't fitting with his class. A brilliant mathematician, he earned his degree in 1934. He then gained a fellowship of King's College in 1935 and a Smith Prize in 1936 for his work on probability theory. He was clever, way beyond his years and way beyond his time. Although never recognised in his lifetime, he was probably the founder of computer science. During the Second World War, Turing worked for the Government Code and Cipher School at Bletchley Park. He led Het 8, a section responsible for breaking German ciphers by building an electromechanical machine that could find settings for Enigma. Turing played a pivotal role in cracking and coding messages in many crucial engagements, including the Battle of the Atlantic. Even after the war, he continued his groundbreaking work on creating a stored program computer. It is impossible now to say how much of Turing's work was used by the Allies to defeat the Nazis, but it's estimated that it shortened the war in Europe by more than two years and saved over 14 million lives. For this, he was never acknowledged and all the work done at Bletchley Park in the war effort was sealed away into the 1970s. It was okay though because the UK government was grateful and acknowledged the work even if they didn't publicly admit it. Didn't they? What do you think? In just 1952, he was prosecuted for homosexual acts after he admitted to having a brief relationship with a man. He accepted for a period of year chemical castration. Not an easy option by any stretch as an alternative to prison. Not only that, he lost his security privileges. Turing died in 1954, 16 days before his 42nd birthday, on cyanide poisoning. An inquest determined his death a suicide, but it has been noted that the known evidence is also consistent with accidental poisoning. In 2009, the then British Prime Minister Gordon Brown made an official public apology on behalf of the government for the appalling way he was treated. Queen Elizabeth II granted him a posthumous pardon in 2013. 
The Alan Turing Law is now an informal term for a 2017 law in the United Kingdom that retroactively pardoned men cautions or convicted under historic legislation that outlawed homosexual acts. No glib comment here. This, after talking about Emmeline Pankhurst, is called Redressing the Balance. Jermaine Greer once said, Every woman knows that, regardless of all her other achievements, she's a failure if she is not beautiful. I will just leave that there. So it may have come to your attention that it annoys me in 2021 that in general, women get paid less than men, at least in the UK. Surprisingly though, the higher up in the company, the wider the pay gap according to research carried out by the Chartered Manager Institute and Expert HR in September 2017. They estimate it to be 27%. That is huge. In July 2017, a poll issued by YouGov suggested that 10% of respondents in the private sector and 13% in the public sector said they were aware of women being paid less in their workplace. A fifth of people who responded to the survey stated that equal pay will never be achieved. According to the UK government website, the 2020 mean gender pay gap, which is the difference between men and women's average hourly pay, is 6.5%, and the median gender gap is 15.9%. In monetary terms, the mean hourly difference in ordinary pay is £1.65, and the median hourly difference is £4.4. Why aren't women angrier? The media dress it up with talks of glass ceilings, pyramids, having children, pitting men against women and God knows what else. But it's a simple fact women on the same level as men should be paid the same. This is not a feminist issue because men I know feel the same way. Why wouldn't they? It's a question of bringing more money into a household. Do I believe women get promoted less than men? From my experience, yes. About three years ago, I went for a promotion, which a male colleague got. They weren't as good as their job. That's not sour grapes, just fact. They didn't give me an explanation of why, so I got advice from others. Sadly, it seemed to be about my appearance. It wasn't much. I lost about a stone, changed my dress sense a bit, got my teeth whitened. The sad, stupid, depressing thing was that it worked. My male manager sought my advice more and gave me a pretty big annual bonus. Not because he fancied me or anything like that. He just noticed me. In less than a year of not having that promotion, my competitor was sacked for losing quite a lot of money. And now I'm in that role. I'm sure there's a lesson in there somewhere. Oh yeah, it's 2021. Equal pay for equal jobs. Another inspiring quote is from Nobel Peace Prize winner Henry Kissinger, who said, No one will ever win the battle of the sexes. There's too much fraternising with the enemy. Okay, not inspiring, but fair enough. So what can we learn from TV this week? Fleabag has been a phenomenal hit, and quite rightly so. Phoebe Waller-Bridge's title hero is angry, sad, grief-sicking, unapologetic, misunderstood, and unfiltered. She's everything I've wanted to see on screen for years. She's exceptional and unexceptional all at the same time. It has led the way for female characters to be seen on TV. It's a quick what can we learn from TV this time. 
It's a simple one. I thought long and hard whether to reveal certain things about myself on here. The main one was Ben. The sex without commitment? It works for us because we're both on the same page and there's no one else involved. Fleabag has led the way in that we can be more honest about ourselves in public. We can be unapologetic and we shouldn't fear judgment. It's also taught us never ever get involved with the priest. Hot or not. I was going to put into Google, do looks matter in relationships? And that's hilarious because I know they do. I'm not sure if it's looks though, but a general sense of self-keeping. Keeping yourself clean and tidy should just be the norm. Right, I'm going to speak in general terms now as a hetero female and for a lot of hetero females I know. Not all. That would be ridiculous. We don't care if you're bald, a bit fat, have facial hair or don't have facial hair or have a big nose or tall or short or broad shoulders or a bit skinny or have brown hair, blonde hair, grey hair, blue eyes or brown eyes or green eyes. Well, you get my point. I'm saying that if you're clever or funny or decent or confident, you will probably be fine. If you think you're nice and women don't like nice men, you're a liar. A halfway decent person doesn't think they're nice. They question their decency throughout and challenge their perception. It's one of the reasons you constantly see men punching above their weight. Of course, some women do care about the six-pack and the strong abs and the height and the chisel good looks and, and back. So what's my observations about men? If you're hot, they will love you. After brimming with good thoughts about my friends in the second episode, I haven't heard much from them in the last couple of weeks, even before Ems was quiet. I'm up to date with posting this now, which is an additional worry for me. The last time I spoke to Em, she sent me a text thanking me for a book I'd sent her. Didn't sound like her. She said, thank you for your thoughtful gift. She couldn't have liked it. If she had, it would have been something along the lines of, why are you sending me this shit, FFS? That's when I know. I don't think they've heard this. They would have definitely said, so it can't be that. In retrospect, I shouldn't have used their real names. If I wanted to put my name out there, then that's down to me. I didn't give him that choice. Plus, Ben isn't actually Ben. That's a pseudonym. Not that he's married or anything like that. He just has a really distinctive name. And Cardiff is not that big of a place. So he's Ben for a reason that amuses me. I think I have to accept now that my friends are finally bored of me. I mean, I knew it would happen eventually. Not even my own mother likes me. It's okay, I'll get past it. I always have. Maybe that hug from Em's last summer was her way of consciously uncoupling, as a Hollywood film star would say. The start of her stepping back? I haven't had a care package for a while now. Em's hasn't been working, so she hasn't had that to take her mind off. The problem with this whole thing is we've had a chance to think and maybe we haven't liked our thoughts. Still, back to Battle of the Sexes, which is the name of the 2017 film about the 1973... I thought that was on... Speak of the Devil. Hello. Samuel? Samuel. Okay. Okay, breathe. Breathe, sweetheart. Breathe. Okay, is... Can you stop praying? Okay, I'll be right there.
okay, I've got to go. Pretend I said all the stuff. Internet can lie. I'm not needing or anything. Let's do this again soon. Bye. Excuse the Jess was written and performed by Jackie J. Sarah. It is a deliciously bright production. If you enjoyed this, please click follow and give us a five-star review or donate via Buy Me A Coffee. All details, including full credits, can be found on the website excusethejess.com. Thank you.